Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Premier League Daily from Sports Social. Welcome to Premier League Daily, the only daily Premier League podcast right the way through the season. It is pre-season right now, so we're kind of on our winter warm-up. We're getting match fit for the August start. I'm Jim and we're going to be talking about Maguire's on-off transfer deal at Manchester United. It was a done deal, now looks like it hasn't been done at all. The dark cloud seemingly hanging over the Emirates Stadium at the moment and a bit of a player exodus and spurs. That's all to come. We're going to be doing that in the company of Joe McGraw over there. Hello. Adam Brown over there. Hello. And our special... <laughs> you saying hello twice, Joe? No, <laughs> that was generally... I didn't know really? that was generally... You did the same voice. just said it in the same sort of tone. Wow, that's weird. Hello. Let's see if our special guest today can uh, also copy that particular tone. We've got ex-Manchester United player, special guest, Alan Tung. Hello, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. Right, we're going to kick straight on with the news from Arsenal. I'm going to welcome in a special guest from the United States as well. From youaremyarsenal.com. And just starting a brand new Arsenal podcast, we have Michael Price on the line. Hello, Michael. Hello. Hello. Good morning. <laughs> it was a good effort with the hello as well. I tried, I tried. <laughs> Thanks for coming on and having a chat with us. Um, I'm interested to know, because you're out in the United States, obviously, mm-hmm. and you're covering Arsenal news for all the American supporting Arsenal fans out there. And there's a lot of negativity around the club at the moment, particularly mm-hmm. this petition that has been signed in the last week which has been signed by supporters clubs and in the words of the petition prominent bloggers whoever they are that wants Sam Cronkier I have no idea (laughs) (laughs) but they want Sam Cronkier to change his management of the club and Mm -hmm. promise a bright future do you feel the negativity the other side of the Atlantic oh yeah and just so you're aware my blog uh, is one of the is one of the original signatories on on that letter so, yeah, absolutely. So, what, um, I mean, I think from people outside the club, we don't potentially understand the real problem that Arsenal fans have with the ownership. Mm-hmm. I, I would say this, and, and, and a lot of people will say that the letter, I, I, some of the complaints against the letter I, I've heard are, um, it's a little spoilt. 
It's, you know, we're acting like petulant children, if you will, on some, you know, we're in the top, we're, we're fighting for top four, we're, we, we're, we've gotten silverware a few years ago, so people are like, oh, well, that, but the reality is, is I think the general sentiment is that since Stan Kroenke has been involved in Arsenal, he hasn't articulated a vision for the club, he hasn't um, really kind of told us where he sees Arsenal going. Uh, there have been some blanket PR statements and, and uh, that kind of maybe went that way but i don't think that they've there's not been enough action uh against that and and, and it's no it's 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 not i want to be clear from my perspective this isn't about spending money on transfers this is about really setting the course for the club going forward and how we're going to be and how we're going to act you know we hit, we, we were told moving from the emirates was going to result in us being able to challenge with the big guys in europe the bayern munichs the real madrids and that wasn't delivered on um we um we have since stan Kroenke has been the either a majority shareholder or significantly involved and now the single owner of the club the club has been on a steady decline and you know we could take i think i speak for a lot of the people involved i think people would be able to take struggles if we understood what we were trying to get to and i'm not sure that that's really clear about how we're what we're trying to be as a club under the stewardship or ownership of stan Kroenke. Do you feel some sympathy for the owner with the way the football landscape has shifted since he took over, though? Because before he took over, the Man Cities of this world weren't really prominent, particularly you had Chelsea knocking about, spending oodles of cash. But previous to that, Arsenal could compete with the big boys. Now it's a completely different game. And what I see when I look at Arsenal is I see a very well-run football club. Yeah. We are very well run or we were, you know, to some extent. Um, and, yeah, you're right. We used to be able to compete at, at, at such a level. But there are ways forward in this environment that don't require you to um, go against your values. And I, and I look at the way – and I and – uh, back in the spring, I did a piece on the Dortmund model being the way to show – as the model to show you the way how to compete in the age of oligarchs and, and oil money. And it, it is based off of self-sustainability. It is about leveraging your youth players um, as assets. It is about you know challenging through smart and shrewd running of the club and – you know, yeah, we're well run, but we're, our commercial deals are just not up to the standard of a club of our of our stature. The, I mean, we just recently got the new Adidas deal. That feels deal. weird to me to hear a football uh, fan demanding better commercial deals. I mean, we've got two Manchester United supporters in the studio <laughs> who would like less commercial deals for their club. I mean, they won't want to track to sponsor or whatever it is, but you're here well, asking for more. I think it's it, that's I'm I'm only harping on one little instant point there, but it's things about there's a genuine concern about what being part of you know Arsenal is going to try and be part of this new European Super League if that ever comes. There's a concern there. There's a concern about the atmosphere at the Emirates. You know, again, being promised about what the Emirates was going to be, and I, I think in the 13 years that it's been around. It hasn't delivered on the promise of the Emirates. It uh, there's just so uh, the, the factors are, are are there's a multiple 
uh, multiple factors involved there. On the flip side of that, what's the most positive thing that's happened in the last couple of years? Do you see one? If it's signings, I, if it's I, anything? Uh, <laughs> it's hard. I, I, and look, I was really critical about this past season, and I'm not going to hide from from some of the critiques that I've laid out. I've not been a fan of Unai Emery. Um, I'm very critical of how he set this team up and his inability to get the best out of the players. But I do think that we have a promising core of youngsters that um, I think la- were on display in last night's friendly against Bayern Munich. And um, th- it, I thought they looked really, really good to the point of uh, Eddie Nketiah um, muscled off uh, – probably the biggest defender I've ever seen in Sule from Bayern Munich. Um, I, I do like the promise of our youngsters. I do believe that there's more than like, you know, normally you look across uh, a team's core of youngsters and, and you see one, maybe two that you'd say, okay, that's going to be a first team player at some point. I look at our youngsters and I see that there's three, possibly four players right now that, that, that may, they may not be, big massive figureheads in the starting 11 right away but i do believe that um they'll have potential to to push on into the first team beginning with this season and 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 next if they're given the chances mike um do you know what this is an interesting thing obviously you're saying that you want arsenal to have more of a vision and that doesn't always equate to spending money what would be the ideal scenario then would you like the owners to come out and say look we're going to kind of go all in on the youth players we're not going to make any big money signings uh look you have to accept that it's going to be you know top six maybe top eight for a couple of seasons would you be happy with that then at least you've got a vision i mean i don't understand you know how, yeah, how the think, fans gonna be happy. yeah i think you're right i think absolutely and i know people want to point to the fact that josh Kroenke had a response the day after our our letter came out but if you really read and parse through that response it's nothing more than saying know your role and I was really disappointed by the fact that in, in some of the interviews he, that he did in, that, in a letter, it basically said, you're a fan. You're not supposed to tell us to spend money. That's not your job. It, he actually said that um, and that kind of stuff. I, I think the way you put it was perfect. If, we, if he just came out and said, you know what? We have to reset the course of this club. We have to. And it's, it may be a few lean, lean years. You're going to see us give more opportunity to younger players. But as soon as we reset the trajectory of this club, our goal is this. And this is our long term vision of the club. I think that I think. Yeah, I think exactly what you said is what is what I think I would be looking for. Michael, I know you've got to get off and get yourself into work. We appreciate the early start. Thank you very much for coming on Premier League Daily. And you can check out more of Michael's stuff at youaremyarsenal.com, including their brand new Arsenal podcast. Michael, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Jim, for having me. The interesting thing, I think, this week about this protest that's come from the Arsenal fans is that this week has also been the week that Uri Emery's come out and he said, we're going to make some big and very expensive signings. Do you think his statement as a manager saying that is pure reaction to that Arsenal protest, that fan protest? The thing is, the in, in this day and age, I mean, you've got, I mean, Arsenal fans are so divided anyway. I always think it's, it's so hard. The, the, the fans that are the hardest to please, no matter what the course of action they take, someone's got something to say. Mm. It's like the whole thing with the manager, you know, last season and stuff, and Wenger. And like the process just, about Wenger, one of the most yeah, successful managers in yeah, Premier League history. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm listening sometimes to some of the things that Arsenal fans say, and sometimes like you don't know how good you've got it. 
Like in a, this team, mm. there's a lot of clubs in the Premier League who would kill to be in Arsenal's <coughs> position. And don't get me wrong, I mean, someone's saying that we well, want a reset moment and believe in the youth. But then if you said, all right, we'll, we'll sell Obama Yang and we won't replace him. The fans are going to go. Well, at least we've got a vision now, and that's good. There's no way they're going to say that. <laughs> no, it's not a chance. It is There's bizarre. No way. Arsenal haven't been that top sort of club for a long time. I get the kind of point about the marketing strategies as well and the marketing partners, which which was a bit like, oh, I wonder why. But if you've got these big marketing roles across the globe as well then your club becomes bigger you have a bigger status the reason why Manchester United is still one of the most talked about clubs in the world it's not because we're playing great football it's because we're sold as a club to be one of the when you say football you say Manchester and United history, obviously, obviously yeah. and the history but to keep in people's minds I mean a lot of the foreign fans forget about history quite a lot I mean I, if you talk to me about NFL or NBA I'm not going to bring up someone's history I can't really remember the team the team I can talk about is the team that are being advertised or shoved in our faces and that's what Manchester United is doing with Woodward Woodward is taking United and shoving it in people's faces even if the football's not great Arsenal aren't necessarily doing that so their sort of their pride and place of being one of the top Premier League clubs is slowly falling away whereas United is still up there considering we haven't won it in six years and came six last season because of this spot that, I mean it's got a part to play in it is what I'm saying mm-hmm. these big marketing deals so I can kind of see where he's coming yeah. from I'm not in that of, sense I admire Arsenal as a club though about the way they go about their business they yeah, but move- just daft. Well, I don't know. They moved into a good stadium and they made sure they were financially secure within that stadium. They had a couple of seasons where they didn't spend much. You look at their transfer business this season and they're trying to sign Tierney from Celtic and they're falling short because they're not putting in the money that Celtic want, which I think I, mean, I think 25 million quid's a perfectly reasonable offer mm, yeah. for him as a player. I think 45 million should be a perfectly reasonable offer for Wilf Zahar and the clubs are being held to ransom as many of the big clubs are the difference with Arsenal is they're going well we don't want to pay that that doesn't match our valuation you do think to yourself though obviously when they had the success under Wenger in the early 2000s and stuff they should have really kicked on from there and maintained that because you know, yeah. other than United, they're the only club that have done it without the big money. You know, in recent years, aren't they really? You know, and you think to yourself, there's a good achievement to do that without massive money. They weren't spending huge. I mean, he was backed in the transfer market, you know, undoubtedly, <coughs> but the transfer fees were so much less than they are now. Mm. But really, those years after sort of 2005, between 2005 and well, ever since, really. They just didn't manage to maintain it. Not not kick on, but even maintain what they already had because they lost players, they didn't replace them. And I think it just slowly, season by season, it just rolled on and it was like, oh, well, at least we've got Champions League, at least we've got Champions League. Yeah. And it's not good enough. If we see how the Spurs moving into their new stadium will coincide with the story of Arsenal, because if Spurs fans, yeah. you know, if they go on and spend money, Arsenal fans will only get more and more frustrated. The fact that Spurs have not only moved into a better stadium than them, they've gone on and, and you know, they got a Champions, Champions League, League final yeah, yeah, next yeah, yeah. year and all that. So that'll get these Arsenal fans rattled because. <laughs> They hate Tottenham. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, speaking of transfer activity, let's move on to Manchester United and the latest in the Harry Maguire transfer saga, which is going to be one of those sagas that rumbles on and on till the end of the window, I think. The rumours were that a deal had been struck, £60 million for Harry Maguire, £20 million in add-ons. Brendan Rodgers, Leicester City manager, came out this week and said, oh, no one's met our valuation yet. Maguire's not going anywhere. How do you think this one's going to pan out? Can you see any other solution, Alan, other than Maguire being a Manchester United player by the time that window closes? Yeah, I mean, it just seems to be like a bit of haggling around the fee again, though, if the lads have just been uh, talking there about, you know, some of the overinflated transfer fees at the moment um, across the Premier League. And, you know, we've just seen delight, haven't we, go to, to yeah. Juve. Is it 68 
he's gone for. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and they sort of what happens then is obviously the media jumps on it and you start getting comparisons and things like that. But I, I would like to see Harry Maguire in. I am a fan of him. Um, I was lucky enough to do a bit of opposition scouting work for Mickey Phelan when he was at Old City, and we got we got the opportunity to go to the training ground uh, on, on a few occasions and and watch some of the Hull City matches. And he was one of the lads who really stood out, a, a really big lad, an imposing figure, but good good player as well. He, he was he, he's really good with his feet. So, but but like you say, Jim. There just seems to be you're reading something different every day. Mm-hmm. You're, re- you're reading 65 million, 70 million, 80 million. You're reading also <laughs> that there'll be a player going as well. You're reading that maybe Leicester might get Phil Jones mm. or yeah, another yeah. player. That's just United wishful thinking. That is United wishful thinking. I mean, but Paul Leicester. <laughs> I mean, you've been a player, Alan, from your yeah. point of view. If you're in a situation. I don't know about that. Some, some say <laughs> that, some don't. <laughs> but if you're in the situation that Harry Maguire's in, he's at Leicester City currently. They failed to kick on from winning the Premier league they had a chance to build and they kind of fell short from that they're doing something at the moment but there's a difference between playing for Leicester City and playing for Manchester United even in the current state that Manchester United are in how yeah. long if you're Harry Maguire do you sit there going well the club are just putting ridiculous valuations on my head that's stopping me kicking on in my career that's stopping me to making that step yeah I think it must be frustrating you know obviously we, we don't know what Harry Maguire's thoughts are but you know it I think there was a, a, always that famous uh, phrase or statement that people say, well, you know, majority of players want to come and play at Manchester United and the, and the rest are liars who don't want to do that. So, <laughs> And, uh, I, you know, I, like I said, I, I think it'd be a great addition, Jim, but, you know, until he's until he's holding his shirt and Old Trafford and everything's been signed, sealed and delivered, it's just, it's just hearsay, isn't it, and, and tittle-tattle, mm. so... We'll just have to see what pans out over this next few days. Jim, there's been a lot of talk about the transfer fee as well, uh, potentially being 80 million. Yeah. And people saying, oh, it's too much, it's ridiculous. But then I'm hearing rumours that if that goes through, that Leicester might replace him with Lewis Dunk from Brighton for 45 million. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going, well, if Lewis Dunk's worth 45 million, Maguire's worth 80. Well, that's it. Isn't and it? also, that's what we're talking about with the Arsenal situation. If a club knows how much money you've got to spend, mm. they're going to get as much of that money as possible. But also, the way I see it is, Maguire for me would be the perfect sign of United. They need him. They need so actually, you need him. Just buy him if you yeah. can afford him. Just buy him. Yeah. It's like if I need a new pair of shoes, I'm not going to go. Oh, we're going to wait around sales and I just go. Like, I, I want to. I need them <laughs> shoes to get to work. I'm going to get. I'm going to get them. Look, you exactly off what they need. <laughs> and they're not 18 million quid in shoes, by the way. But do you know what I mean? Uh, they need him. Yeah. They, need, they need someone right at the back. At the back who's uh, got that. You know, he's a leader. Mm-hmm. He's great in the air. He will command. You know, in the box. He can play the ball out. better than Phil Jones. Yeah. What do you make of the transfer activity of United so far? The players they've brought in and potentially the players that are going to be leaving. I mean, Lukaku has now failed to appear in both match day yeah. squads for the pre-season, which would suggest he's on his way to Milan. But the players they've brought in have impressed as well so far. Yeah, there seems to be there seems to be like a sort of a like a new identity sort of thing going on with United at the moment, and it looks to be, you know, just thinking about some of United's history. We're we're used to attacking football, exciting football, and you know some of these additions that they've made at the moment. Uh, Danny James looks a, mm-hmm. a, a real, real useful player. Pace to burn. Pace to burn. Pace to burn. Is, is looks all right yep. as well. Then it's a similar sort of profile. Plenty of pace about him, and a di- you know only only youngsters really in in football terms. So so that's a couple of, of decent bits of business. But 
there still to me seems to be quite a lot of players who, who I think Oli come out after the Everton game at Goodison and said that some of these players won't play for United again mm. but like no one's no one's gone and that is he's good at talking the talk Oli yeah. he's great at talking the yeah. talk and you'll we'll see a masterclass from him throughout this whole yeah. season if you don't want to be here no, don't no, be here no, no, no one's gone yeah everyone's staying uh, the, the thing with um, the sort of players that we're buying in it's not necessarily about players attributes at the minute it's about players attitudes as well you're buying players where the attitudes are right and perfect for United because you United need to get hunger in the bellies again and Daniel James even at pre-season putting in a shift there was a lot of highlights yesterday of their game against Leeds where he was absolutely putting his you know he had a moment where Rashford was running up through the middle of the Leeds defence and Daniel James came on the on the right and he absolutely he, he gave it everything to be there for Rashford Rashford with a little through ball Daniel James just hitting the post but it was that f- like fire and that determination to get there for Rashford that we've been sort of lacking in the in, in United squad. It's kind of like, oh, everyone puts their heads down as soon as one thing goes wrong and then the whole sort of, then it starts tumbling down and next thing you know, you get beat by Cardiff at home. Well, I'll tell you what, I think some of the, like people like Daniel James and even Greenwood as well, I think it's going to have a bit of a rejuvenating effect on some of the other players there because I think, you know, obviously last season some of those, uh, some of the United players like the Martials and them kind of players, sometimes they can't be bothered. You, get, you strike that and you just think, oh, he's had an off day. Someone like Daniel James, he strikes me as a player who will just, no matter what, they'll give you 100% every single week. And even Greenwood, they want to prove themselves, you know, and I think seeing them I saw a few of the highlights from, from the game the other day and, and they look like you know obviously they're only youngsters and stuff yeah. still but they've got that energy and that hunger yeah. and I think it could be quite exciting if they get enough game time which I think mm. Solskjaer's going to give them he's saying he will there's even talk that he might start Greenwood in the Chelsea game yeah. so yeah. I don't he suggested he suggested himself that he might give them a start yeah. didn't he in the Premier League opener which was what fans were calling for for a lot of last season yeah. Joe and Alan, what do you make of Solskjaer so far in this pre-season? Because towards the end of last season, I think a lot of fans were suggesting he might not be the right man for the job, whether he'd last till Christmas was questioned a few times. But he seems to be approaching these press conferences in Australia with a bit of confidence. And he's talking the talk, as you said, Joe. He was talking the other day saying United fans should expect more than a top four finish from their club. Alan, you were at United under Fergie. Mm. Do you see much of... Ferguson in Solskjaer in his approach. Uh, I think I think I think Ollie is possibly. Uh, he looks a he looks a nice guy from the outside, but I think he will have he will have that little bit of ruthlessness. I think I think you have to be, but we're not seeing it as yet. I.e., players are not getting moved out left, right, and centre. Mm. But I think to survive at top level football, you have to have that element of of one, being able to make decisions and stick by those decisions, and two, it, it, you have to be prepared to upset people as well because, you know, it's it's a brutal industry and, you know, if, if, you, if you don't manage a club in the right manner, the players will start taking over and they'll have you out. You know, play, players in the modern day are very, very powerful. And I think what I've seen so far, I think over this, I know it's only pre-season, but... And we've only beat the Perth the Perth side on two 0 and, and obviously Leeds Championship level side yesterday. It, I'm, I'm more hopeful and confident at the moment that he can do something. But it's like many people say though, pre-season sometimes I've seen teams have really great pre-seasons yeah. and absolutely flop in the league and vice versa. You almost want a bad pre-season sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I think the key is just getting everybody together, which seems to be growing. There seems to be some decent unity happening and, you know, lads are starting to smile a little bit more and a bit happier, and which is great. And then you're just getting everybody prepped up, then all guns blazing for the 
for the first game of the season at home to Chelsea. I'm not necessarily saying that uh, like on the previous seasons it was about how you started because I know that you know you, it's a it's a long old league, but for some reason in my head, I. I think that if Oli doesn't start well, then that is when the problems will start. Completely. Oli starts with three wins on the bounce, and even if we lose the fourth game, they'll have that settle of, right, we've we've already picked up nine points. If there is a defeat against Chelsea straight away, then that is where the problems will start. And And I think it's down to the the fan base as well. The mentality of these fans. Lingard and Pogba will get it if he's still there, and all these players will get it. They'll all get it. So I'm worried about this pre-season might be amazing, fantastic. It's the first couple of games where I'm really worried about if anything bad happens, Mm. then I know what the fans like on Twitter. It'll all turn, and that'll get through the squad a bit. I'm just please. Beach, could have done with an easier game to start. Really with. <laughs> you know what I mean? well, well, it might be what we need. It but, might be what but we you need. see again. We, I think the other side as well, because obviously Chelsea and Lampard, Lampard. are going to want to transfer know, ban as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like there's, there's going to be so much pressure in a weird way in, in on game one already. Which <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, no, but, but it, it's, it's true. Mate. And, and it's you true. know, and straight away it'll be straight. You know, because obviously with the way Solskjaer did last season. There'll be, you know, there's a couple of question marks from some people over him already, and it'd be like, oh, this is it, or oh, United season in catastrophe already, game one. Well, that's the way it'll go, <laughs> yeah. honestly. So let me just say, Chelsea, Wolves, Crystal Palace, Southampton, Leicester, West Ham. Right, they're our first six games. Mm. Wolves you want four in wins game. in that? <clears throat> four wins in those six. You want six wins in that? You've got to be. You're not going to get six wins. You are <laughs> Wolves, that hard game. If we're going to do, if we're going to be better than the top four, we've got to win all them six games. I know Wolves is difficult. But come on, we've got to beat them. Right. Chelsea at home and then, yeah, well, I think we can do it. We're going to quick take a quick break on Premier League Daily. Then we're going to talk about a former Manchester United talent who has made a return to the Premier League and we'll be seeing on the pitch in the coming season. We're also going to talk about some of the comings and goings at West Ham, Spurs and Newcastle United. We'll do it next on Premier League Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss an episode. Sports Social. Welcome back. This is Premier League Daily. I'm Jim Salverson. That's Joe McGraw. Hello. That's Adam Brown. Hello. And that's former United player Alan Tung. Hello. Right, we're going to talk next about a former Manchester United player who has returned to football, well, not to football, to England in the Premier League this year. And I was really surprised to see Sheffield United taking a punt on Ravel Morrison. Does anyone in football see that going well? See, I thought you were going to talk about <laughs> Steve Bruce going back to management. We'll get on to that in a well, I'm sure you're going. No, I didn't suspect that. Ravel Morrison, I don't know. Uh, he was obviously classed as a, as a wonder kid. Uh, again, Better than Skulls, I think people were saying when he was a youngster. There's a lot best, about him. Best Ferguson had ever seen, apparently. But then, mm-hmm. but then it's all about your attitude. And what I'm saying is, and like I said before in a previous comment, is the attitude is part of the buy-in. Now, the player's ability might be wonderful, he might be the best in the world, but if he's not got the right attitude, then, you know, he turns out to be Ravel Morrison. He will, I think, really lift... Uh, Sheffield uh, in their sort of advancement of the Premier League but I don't know he, he reminds me of the player that might have a couple of amazing games and go quiet for a bit amazing game quiet for a couple and it depends if, if that's what Sheffield want to take from him Is he the sort of player that's going to be ready for a relegation battle? I'm not too sure I no. don't know there's no doubt that he's a talented player yeah. but um, you know and it's what Joe said there about recruitment now it's more important than ever to have the right players with the right attitude because I mean what Alan said you know players are so powerful now yeah. as well yeah. if you get a few like characters that have upset the harmony in the dressing room before you know it the manager's sacked you know not, not the player's sold the manager could end up they just don't perform for you yeah. so I'm, and, and 
you know, not just a big city up, but the way that Pep Guardiola oh, yeah, recruits. You, you know, but no, again, it's not just about the player; it's about the attitude as well. And for me, Morrison. I mean, look, it's Sheffield United. They made a couple of acquisitions already going into this season, but you got to think about teams that get promoted from the Championship. They already have quite a tight knit kind of yeah. core of players. A lot of the teams we've seen it with Bournemouth in the past when they came up and. You know, some of those players have been playing together for three, four years in the Championship and, and lower some of them even from League One. So to get, take a player like Ravel Morrison and bring him in, and if maybe if he ousts a player that's been playing consistently for, for Sheffield United, I just don't know if it's going to work. It could be a gamble that turns out amazing. We just don't know. That's the yeah. thing. It's a complete, you know, it's a complete unknown really, isn't it? You do a bit of work in sports psychology, Alan. So yeah. how would you take a player like Ravel Morrison, who's clearly got, some issues going on. I mean, I looked at his stats yesterday. He's played for 10 different clubs. Mm. He's been playing football (laughs) since he was 16 professionally. He's now 26. He's played under 100 games, Mm. which is... That's not right. There's something seriously wrong there. Is is that the kind of player you take a chance on or is that the kind of player that you cut aside well it's like Alex says it's a gamble isn't it at the end of the day and you know I think I think he's signed a one year deal hasn't he with an option for another year so I don't know what Sheffield United's expectations are this season is it just a case of like let's try and stay in the Premier League got to be hasn't it and uh, but you know he's underneath everything there is a bit of talent in the lad you know like Al said before we, we, we've looked at Ravel years ago and Rio Ferdinand was saying this is the, the best youngster he's seen in the, in the crop that was coming through with, with Pogba etc etc and it's not quite panned out as he thought like like Joe mentioned as well It's you've got to have the talent and the ability of course you have but it's the other side of the game and I think sometimes players find playing the easy part it's outside mm. of the football environment that can be very difficult for you, especially if you're a, you're a wealthy young man and you know you've got this big reputation and you're you, you're fortunate enough to be able to have a, a bit of disposable income to spend and you, you can you can start going off bad roads and unfortunately when you get on those bad roads it's, it's very difficult sometimes to come off them. I was reading a thing the other day with Kevin Nolan talking about him uh, his time at West Ham because I remember at West Ham at one point he was flying, wasn't he? He was playing he had really, two really, really good games. Is that what it was? And they and used that as a highlight. He reel. scored one brilliant goal. <laughs> I think it was against Spurs where he took on the whole Spurs team. They went back and did it again. Then yeah, scored a that's goal. That's it, it was absolutely phenomenal. But, but that was kind of it. But Kevin Nolan was saying that uh, when he was there, it was him and Mark Noble kind of uh, took him under their wing and, and you know, took, spent a lot of time with him, gave yeah. him a lot of advice. And, you know, he said that, you know, one, one minute he's, you'd think, oh, this Dean you know, is really listening now, this kid. And he's amazing. He said the next, and they'd spent something like an hour and a half on, on the coach going, uh, you know, mm-hmm. on, a, on a way trip or whatever, talking about him and saying, look, you've got a real chance here. You can you could be mm-hmm. you know, driving force to this midfield. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Then the next day he didn't turn up to training. Yeah, and he said, it's just, enough. you think you've got through to him. The yeah. next thing, and he, they'd all, you know, yeah, yeah. on Christmas Day they went and he just didn't turn up and they didn't answer his phone. And you just think to yourself, you know, in some jobs you can kind of get away with doing that and having, you know, throwing yeah. a sickie or whatever. But you can't, you can't switch off when you're a footballer. One of those big things that was credited with him doing reasonably at West Ham when he went there was the fact he'd moved away from Manchester and he'd moved away from his, what was called his disruptive group of mates. In the meantime, since then, we've obviously seen him stay in London for a bit with QPR. He's been over in Italy with Lazio and couldn't be further away from his mates. Now he's back in Sheffield. He's just down the road from him again. So whether that will then work out as a benefit or a negative, I think it's something that we'll only find out from the course of the season. And as you say, Joe, he's a man who has 
talent. Yeah. It's just whether he can bring that talent out <coughs> on the football the pitch. The it's going to be interesting yeah. to see. Yeah. Speaking of disruptive influences with talent, we talked about this roughly on the podcast. We kind of precursed it a little bit on Monday when we talked about Neymar wanting out from PSG. I suggested he might be an option for Manchester City, which was shot down in flames. <laughs> he's got the wrong personality for City, I think was the general oh, no, summary. Don't want him at City. But he's come out and supposedly done a little bit of a come and get me plea to Manchester United. If, if there was ever a player and I've said this to uh, Adam before if there's ever a player that we'd sign that would just stun the world but it'd be such an Ed Woodward style signing it would be Neymar this season. Yeah. Neymar to Manchester United makes commercial perfect sense. It makes United money. It makes Neymar money. It would make the, just the fact that Neymar coming to Manchester United it just sounds expensive right? And I think that Woodward just believes that, oh, Neymar, is he free? Right, let's get some money, let's get it out. I'll think of the shirt sales, think of the sponsor, I can get Neymar. And he will sell uh, every anyone or everyone to make the funds and get Neymar to the club. I don't think he's perf- right for the club. I'd enjoy him at United, but he's not got the right attitude at all. Well, that's it. You and Alan have just been saying the attitude's all yeah. important. And then Neymar would be, he's your... He'd have one game, good game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then he'd be, he'd be like, but you'd like, and you'd still have Phil Jones at the back. You know what I mean? No, there's yeah. no money for Maguire now, we spent it on Neymar. Neymar, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. You don't need Neymar. United do not need Neymar from a commercial perspective because you're going to make money. But what's the point? What's the point? In, you can make as much money as you want, but he's still going to come sixth. Because like, he, he, Neymar is not this... He's not FIFA. Do you know what I mean? He's not going to be magically... Yeah, it is FIFA for Ed Woodward. Well, that's the thing. That, that's the worrying part about it. But you don't need, they don't need Neymar. I just think that if he's... he's oh, no, there's no, no chance. No, no, no. It'd be like Rubinho at City all over again. Do you know what I mean? When you get, it's exciting. City, we loved it at the one time. Free, one oh, good free kick. Yeah. Oh my god, amazing! Like think of the. But then he was he just didn't want to play in, in certain certain times of the season. What about if you so. sent Alexis Sanchez the other way? Because if there's one team in this planet that can afford Alexis Sanchez's wages, it's going to be PSG. He needs a new start. He's no way he became a bad player the second he walked through the door at Old Trafford. He just needs a fresh start. It could work for everyone if Sanchez goes off to France and Neymar comes to rainy old Manchester. Yeah, but then it's still. I mean, Sanchez. I don't know how he's going to play this season. All he's been bigging him up. All he's been bigging up all these big players that we don't want to see at the club. Like he said, oh, Lukaku could fit into it. Thought he was going. I just don't know how he's going to fit into the mold at United unless Oli's got a plan. If he's got a plan, I'll tell then... you what though, Sanchez is a bit like. Um, if they can get him playing, he's a hell of a player. Yeah, he is, he is isn't he? You think you kind of discredit? You forget United have got him. Do you know in a weird way? Because you think to yourself, he's been so bad since he's been at United. Yeah. That you just go, oh yeah, Sanchez. He's three hundred grand a week, or whatever. And he's remember how good he was at Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Getting firing. I don't yeah. know how you do it or what system you do, but you've got a world class player there. Mm-hmm. And it's like people. Have, it'd, be like, it'd be like a new signing for United that can get him get him firing. Yeah, it's been a real disappointment, only like massively in, 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 in a general sense that, like you say, is he, he kind of you look forward to this lad arriving, and you, you know such a good pedigree at Arsenal, almost like. Doing things unbelievable, so scoring free kicks, scoring brilliant goals, and then he comes to United and just doesn't look like no. the same lad at all. So, no. and I don't know whether that's the kind of the psychology of coming to like a top uh, football club as such as United and, and the sort of pressures that are put on you to perform on a regular basis. I don't know if he's been out of cope with that. Let's wrap up very quickly with a comment on Spurs because there seems to be a bit of a player exodus at the moment. What do we think of the? It seems like there's a bit of a rebuilding job going on at Tottenham at the moment and part of it's going to be Daniel Levy following on his 
habit of selling players whilst they still have a transfer value. But we've seen in the last 24 hours, we've seen Atletico Madrid, who are spending money like it's going out of fashion at the moment, signing Kieran Trippier. So he's now gone for 20 million quid, which seems like an absolute snip. That is a good signing. Steal. Yeah. Really that good signing. That is a real steal. I'd have taken Trippier at United. He's class. He's, He's good. He's good. I mean, for twenty sco- million scoring in that semi-final of the World Cup definitely mm. made his stock rise a little bit. But he is. He, I mean, he had, a, he had a pretty poor season last year in comparison, didn't he? I think because he had such a good year, year the year before uh, last year made it not look very good. But I think twenty million is a very good bit of business for Atletico Madrid. And Danny Rose is saying that his future at the club's uncertain as well. Manchester United are one of the teams that's been linked with potentially signing Danny Rose as well. But you've got these players going out that seemingly can add value to that team but there doesn't seem to be much incoming in terms of Manchester in terms of Tottenham at the moment it's weird because they seem to be selling players that aren't, haven't particularly performed bad for him really yeah. apart from I know like they're on about selling Jansen he's not been great has he at Tottenham no. but uh, er- like, Ericsson supposedly wants to move as well at that yeah. club like Wanyama I know he's had obviously uh, injury problems but he's been linked with West Ham I think you were saying yeah, he you know, he's not a bad player. He'd be, he'd be, no. And you'd probably get a pretty decent price on him as well. You know, to get a, a proven premiership midfielder in, you know, for what, Wanyama, maybe 25, 30 million, I reckon. You know what I'd say? If you want to make money now, and I'd say this, get rid of Harry Kane now. You hate Kane, don't you? I know? think he's <laughs> overrated. I think it'll be, everyone will, everyone will, it'll come out the woodwork just how poor that player is. And not poor, what am I talking about? Poor. But get rid of him now when he's in the 100 million. You get another season, he'll be dropped down to 78. I don't think he's going to have the world beating season you think. Why did Spurs not do it? anything in that Champions League final Harry Kane was on the pitch right why didn't England go to the finals of the World Cup Harry Kane was on the pitch the man he's his own <laughs> oh, worst no, enemy actually, he's that, his own worst enemy he was having a not fully fit Harry Kane was on the pitch I think yeah but, yeah, but it's him oh it's Harry Kane let's give him fit, an enemy. Yeah, let's make on. him Sir Harry Kane before he retires Isn't he's won nothing this right? is the Beckham <laughs> effect <laughs> he's won nothing it's, this is the Beckham effect though isn't it when a player is so prominent in a team as he is for England as he is for Spurs as well you expect so much from him you can't yeah, drop Beckham, him though. Beckham's great yeah, but Beckham was great you nah, Beckham had the same criticism that when he played particularly when he wasn't fit he underperformed in the same way Harry Kane does well, I mean, there's a lot more medals around Beckham's head than there is Harry Kane's head. I know Harry Kane is still quite young, but I just, I don't see it. 125 I goals in 178 games. Sell him for Spurs. Sell him. I'd sell him. I'd sell him now. You get in the hundred millions. You'd get about 120 million for him. Wouldn't I wouldn't take him at City. I wouldn't take him at United. Not a chance. Just because I don't think he'd play. It won't fit into our system. No chance. Mm, won't uh, play well. I don't think he's quick enough. Yeah. I don't think physically or mentally he's quick enough to, to keep up with the... But I still think right now there is that price tag above his head. Because I do. Of, but if he doesn't if he doesn't go this season, the price tag will just fall Madrid, 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 Madrid had put a bit of bit in Oh, ah, yeah. Definitely. You boys have lost your head. <laughs> <laughs> this, time, this time next year we sat here and we were saying, Joe's right. I'm clipping this. Head's gone. Head's gone. Right, we'll wrap up the Premier League daily there. Joe, thank you very much. Cheers. Adam, thank you very nice much. Nice one, Jim. Alan, thank you very much for coming in. Cheers, Tell Jim. us about your new podcast that's launched now that Ooh, people can find. Yeah, I've got uh, launched it about December time. It's called I Can't Explain. You can get get it on uh, Apple, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Google, um, just, just I'm looking based, now. Just based around the football industry, really. I've managed to catch up with some decent people. Spoke, spoke to a sports psychologist, spoke to Oliver Kay, how he became a journalist. I've spoke to Giggsy, managed to get 25 minutes with Ryan. Uh, spoke to a couple of guys, football agents. So 
it's just really based around football industry and some of the different topics. So I'd, I've done like a bit of a sports psychology kind of mental health Mint, one got it. Over, this, over this last couple of days. Managed to speak to Jamie Moore, the, like obviously in boxing, but mm-hmm. and uh, just saying to Jim before, I'm hoping to do a little one on like academy player care and, oh, and maybe yeah. speak to someone from the PFA on that. So kind of like we, a sporting insider. Yeah, we, we all love a story, Joe, don't we? We, do. we, we all love a story. So um, you know, it's, it's getting some 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 decent. Uh, statistics at the moment so I'll just try and keep it going and yeah. just just a bit of fun more than anything nice. so and can I also mention if anybody's interested I've got a mental health awareness golf day coming up on the 30th of August at Northenden so if anybody fancies or fancies dusting the clubs off um, I'll put some details on my Twitter feed and it's um, it's £260 a team all good fun. We're going to try and raise a little bit of uh, money for Manchester Mind Amazing. to help, help to help them out with some of their projects. That you know we, we're saying, like mental health, such an important part of modern living, isn't it? And, yeah. and some of the stuff you're hearing about that at the moment is like tragic and, and, and really needs like addressing and and certainly awareness raising of it. Top man, people can find you on Twitter for that. Yeah, uh, Alan underscore Tong. And I tell you what, Northern and Golf Course. If you're not from Manchester, it's the golf course where United used to have all their like day out days and he used yeah. to go and play golf and I used to walk the dog around there and I saw Makeda once teeing off and he's got a drive on him <laughs> he's it. not the hurricane at least he's good at golf <laughs> <laughs> right that is it Premier League for Premier League Daily make sure you subscribe to Alan's podcast and make sure you subscribe to this one as well search Premier League Daily wherever you find your podcasts click the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter as well at the Sports Social is where you can find us see you next time Premier League Daily from Sports Social Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.